Welcome to the Starkville State of Mind Podcast. Here is your host, Justin Strawn. Welcome to episode 11 of the Starkville State of Mind Podcast. I am your host, Justin Strawn. I'm glad to be presenting this show to you after a good weekend for the Bulldogs. Could have been an even better weekend for the Bulldogs on the baseball diamond if they had been able to avoid just a really weird play. We're going to get into all of that here in a little bit because there's a lot of things to talk about in terms of this Mississippi State baseball team with JT Ginn, with winning the series, and just what the overall prospect for the season remain with him possibly having to deal with some injury issues so we will discuss that and all and even more here in just a little bit before we get started though i do want to tell you about cherokee valley they are the presenting sponsor of start real estate of mind podcast and want to have a giveaway regarding them this later on this week if you're not following the twitter account for start real estate of mind or the facebook page for start real estate of mind you might want to do that we're going to be giving away a themed a mississippi state themed cherokee valley golf course hat it doesn't say mississippi state but it is a cherokee valley golf course hat that is trimmed in maroon it's a really good looking hat i'll get a picture out to you guys on both twitter and facebook you'll just need to be following both of those accounts uh if you want to win it through facebook you need to follow the facebook account if you want to win it through twitter make sure you're following the uh, twitter account like i said i'll get more details to you through it when the time comes but more about just the golf course itself cherokee valley is just a really great golf course my son and i were out there yesterday despite all of the rain that we have had in this area because we've had quite a bit the course was just in really really good shape and they gave us a good golfing experience uh, once again when we were out on the course on saturday so like i said if you haven't been by cherokee valley if you're in the memphis area if you're in desoto county i would recommend that you do so you can give them a call at 662-893-4444 or you can call them or you can look them up online at olivebranchgolf.com and book a tea time online through there so like i said we will be giving you a hat away uh, two hats later on giving two hats away later on this week uh, both through twitter and through facebook i'll have more details about that you're going to want to make sure you're following those accounts like i said and that you're going to want to tune in to either to friday show and find out if you won or not so uh like i said i'll have more details online so just check those out later on as you're listening to this so all right, let's go ahead and get into what we are discussing today on the show. Mississippi State did take two of three from the Tennessee Volunteers this weekend. Looked pretty good overall doing it. Tennessee was as good as advertised in terms of their pitching. Their pitching was difficult to get to. They gave Mississippi State all they could handle. Their starter on Friday, we know he, we talked about him being one of the best in the SEC, and he, and he lived up to that billing. Uh, he had the Bulldogs. He was doing everything he could to keep the Bulldogs off balance, and the Bulldogs were having a really hard time finding anything offensively against him. So it was a really difficult series for the Bulldogs in terms of getting to their pitching, but once they got to Sunday, things got a little bit easier. Uh, The Bulldogs took the Sunday game, and then you have the Saturday game, the one that kept Mississippi State from getting a sweep, and just one of the weirder things that you will ever see. If you didn't watch, if you're if you're not aware, if, if you're just now finding out about this, basically what happens, Mississippi State is up one to nothing. Tennessee has two runners on. They sacrifice bunt the runners from first and second to second and third. So it's the first out of the inning. And Peyton Plumley gets the ball back. And as soon as he gets the ball back, he waves it in the air for a second and then throws it to the dugout because he wants a new ball. The umpire did not grant him a timeout. 
And because he didn't grant him timeout, the ruling was that he threw a live ball into the dugout that is an automatic two-base situation. And people are... It's always two bases. I know people don't understand this. I think it's two bases from the time that the ball is thrown. That's how the way this works. And uh, Because like if you throw the ball into the dugout when the runner is running to first base... You go to second base. Like I said, I think the reason that you get two bases, the reason they consider two bases is two bases from the time that the ball is thrown. The ball is not thrown until the ball. They don't give them two bases until you're not at first base before the ball is thrown. So that's the reason they get first and second. So that's the way that ruling is made. But because the runners were at second and third base, the runners both advanced two bases. That meant they both scored, and that was the final score, two to one. The Bulldogs could not muster up another run. So let me just go ahead and give my thoughts on this. I just am not a real big fan of the way that went down. Look, technically, is it the right call? Yes. Peyton Plumley was not granted timeout. He was that had not been a word to him. I think it was just a technicality, and I think it honestly is was just another instance of officiating officials wanting to insert themselves into the ball game. Uh, it yeah, it was the correct call. He didn't get timeout, but. Everyone on that field, if you go back and if you watch the replay of it, and if you look at the, if you get a look at the steal shot, everybody in the, on the park, everybody in the park, everybody on the field was beginning to act and correspond like timeout had been given. The Batgirls coming onto the field, the other umpires except for the home plate umpire had their back turned to Peyton Plumley. This is something that... The ump- a home play umpire just had yet to give him that timeout, and he basically wanted to show up Peyton, Peyton Pumbling because of the fact that he didn't wait for him to actually signal timeout. He went ahead and cost the Bulldogs two runs. Like I said, I, I, technically the call was correct, but it was an unnecessary call, and it cost Mississippi State a win. It, it really did. Now, look, I, here's the other part about this. <sighs> Mississippi State should have scored more than one run. I mean, you're never, you're rarely going to win games with one run. And if Mississippi State was trying to do that, it's not going to work out very well for them in most instances. So you can look at this isn't simply just an, a case of one bad play and one really strange call hurting Mississippi State. But that one play, Mississippi State only scoring one run, I mean, it kind of cost them the game. So, like I said, yeah, they should have scored more than one run. I get that. I firmly believe that as well. But they didn't. They didn't score more than one run. And because of the fact they didn't score more than one run, and those two runs came around, those were the only two runs that Tennessee scored, Tennessee was really gifted a win in this. They shouldn't have won a single game in the entire series. And it makes a difference in terms of Mississippi State being in a position to win the SEC West. Because if you look at the SEC West standings, you've got three teams at 8-4. and four. It's Arkansas, LSU, and Ole Miss who are all sitting at 8-4 and four currently. You've got T- Texas A&M at 7-4-1. They had a tie with Missouri uh, last weekend, if I'm not mistaken. And then you've got Auburn and Mississippi State, both at 7-5. and five. you got Alabama bringing up the rear at 4-8. and eight. So the Bulldogs really could have used that win to keep pace. Because I've said this all along, and I'll say it again. The SEC Championship overall, SEC Championship, doesn't seem like it's going to be possible for any SEC West team. Yes, technically, there are three teams that are just a game behind Georgia, but there are four teams in the SEC East that are currently under 500 in conference play. And Georgia just beat their biggest competition in Vanderbilt over this past weekend. 
they're going to win that division probably pretty easily now the fact they've got their most difficult competition out of the way they've still got a series in the they still got two series against the west on the road they still got to play mississippi state on the road and they still got to play auburn on the road but it's setting up for georgia to win the, the sec east very easily and in all likelihood to win the overall sec championship very easily as a result so like i like i said it's this game hurt Mississippi State in their chances to win the SEC West. Every game is going to be critical. Every game will be very, very critical in winning the overall the Western Division title. And getting that one game would have been a huge benefit because it would have put them right at 8-4. and four. It would have been like they'd never gotten that series loss to LSU last weekend, and they'd be back on track. So... So what are their prospects for winning the West? Well, it just depends on what we have with JT again. One of the reasons why this series was so good to get it and it comes off probably a little bit more impressive the fact they were able to win two out of three was the fact that they did it with JT Ginn only pitching one inning JT Ginn was pushed back from his Saturday start to Sunday and after one inning of work on Sunday he was pulled because they said he didn't look comfortable now the question that we are all asking ourselves is how serious is this is this a, is he is he injured is he hurt what's the deal going on if you've listened to me long enough, and if you listened to me last year when I was still on Bulldog Sports Radio, and I was talking about you know how I was excited that JT Ginn was going to be coming to Mississippi State, but I was also cautiously concerned because when you have a guy who is a freshman, who is young like he is, he's going to be putting a lot more wear and tear on his body than he is accustomed to, than what he was accustomed to in high school. And, you know, the... The fear of injury was very real with JT Ginn. And like I said, I don't know, I don't think this is anything serious. I think this is just, you know, what I was talking about in that regard. He's pitched quite a bit so far, he's gone deep in a lot of games. And he's, you know, it's starting to wear on his body just a little bit because of the fact that he's not used to pitching like this and pitching this frequently and pitching this often and in such high pressure situations. So I think that's what you're seeing that this just be the overall toll on his body. And I think it's going to be hard to count on him. And this is kind of one of the things why I was, a little, you know, I thought Mr. State was going to be good this year, but, you know, I had some hesitancy to think that they could win the. SEC West or the SEC overall championship because they were going to rely heavily on JT again. And I thought at some point he was going to make it, it was going to be difficult on him to stay healthy all season long. And they're probably going to have to really watch him going forward throughout the rest of this season. You know, they don't, they don't want to do something to ruin his baseball career because he gave up a lot of money. He gave up like $2.7 million or something like that to not sign with the Dodgers and to come to Mississippi State. So they don't want to do something to ruin his career. He, that, that money will still be there for him as long as he remains healthy. If he gets hurt and he starts to show injury signs, then he's going to, he's going to fall back in the, in the draft rotation simply because of the fact that teams are going to say, hey, he, this guy, he, he's been suffering some arm problems in, in college. I don't know that we want to risk a high-round draft pick on him. So they're going to want to watch that not only just for – you know the overall team's performance, but because they don't want to do something to to risk his career as the years go by, and I think they're going to do a really good job of keeping an eye on it. But it does it does have to kind of make you caution just where this Mississippi State team can end up. 
like I said, we don't know what this is. We don't know. They, all they said was he looked uncomfortable out there, and he didn't seem to be very comfortable. He didn't seem real comfortable on the mound last week. That's all that we got in terms of an explanation for why he wasn't, why he was pulled and why he was given an extra day of rest. So we don't know exactly what this is, but it's still something that needs to be watched and it's still something that we have to keep an eye on. And, you know, like I said, I don't know how much we're going to be able to count on that. Look, Mississippi State can still win a lot of games. They can still very easily win, you know, 17 to 20 games in SEC play, I think, without JT Ginn, but it's just going to be a lot harder. Their offense is so good that I don't think you have to worry that much about Mississippi State not being able to win games because their offense is one of the best in the SEC. I think they have the actual overall best batting average in the entire SEC. I think they score... I think they score the most runs in the SEC. Uh, so, like I said, their offense is going to keep them in almost every single game for the rest of the season. But it would be a lot better, and be, you feel a lot you feel a lot better about things if you had your that one-two punch that we've been talking about all year long in Ethan Small and JT again at the top because it was it's really difficult to beat Mississippi State in a series with those two pitching like they're capable of and. If he can, if you can't count on JT again to give you, you know, a regular start every weekend, it's going to be difficult to think that Mississippi State can easily get those series like we were once thinking that they possibly could. This is part of having a freshman be a, a, a integral part of your team as they they hit walls. They, they always do. We saw this with Reggie Perry in baseball and basketball. Excuse me. He, he hit a wall there towards the end of the season. He wasn't nearly as productive in the last four or five games of the year as he was, you know, in January and February. They hit walls, and that's just part of being a freshman, learning how to play an extended amount of games and what they've 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 been accustomed to their entire life. I don't know that this is him hitting a wall. I don't know if it's just something he's going to have to, you know, get a little extra rest. It wouldn't shock me with the Bulldogs playing Alabama this coming weekend if they let him sit. You know, if they feel like they're comfortable enough going out and winning the series without him, then I think they may try to do that. Uh, Alabama is currently four and eight in SEC play. They're twenty-two and eleven overall. So they've done well outside of SEC play, but once SEC play got here, you know, they became what Alabama typically is in baseball. So, like I said, it wouldn't shock me if they decided to just let him have an extra week of rest this weekend with Alabama coming to town. It'll be interesting to see how they they handle the schedule this coming weekend. Let me pull up their, the, best, the baseball schedule because I don't remember who they are playing in the midweek this week. So let me pull that up real quick. Bulldogs are playing... Oh, South Alabama. So, they're playing South Alabama. What I'm going to be looking for against South Alabama on Wednesday night at 6.30, who starts? Is it Keegan James? Because if it's Keegan James, then that tells me they're probably going to go ahead and start. They're probably going to go ahead and start um, JT again in the weekend against Alabama. If it's not if it's not Keegan James, if it's, let's see, I'm trying to think, who else could it be? If it's, uh, who's been getting starts? If it's Eric Sarantola, um, if it's, you know, uh, Spencer Price or Riley Self or Tristan Barlow or one of those guys making a start, which I don't know, I don't know that any of those would be, but nevertheless, I, I guess probably the one you're looking at is Eric Sarantola. If he were to get the start, or maybe Brandon Smith, Brandon Smith has pitched quite a bit during the midweek. If one of those guys were to get the start against 
against South Alabama on Wednesday, that's going to tell me right there that they don't think JT again is going to start against Alabama. So it'll be that's going to be the thing to watch during the midweek is who gets the start on Wednesday because it will probably tell us a lot about how they plan to handle JT Ginn. Because JT, even if they start Eric Sarantola, you know, they might go ahead and start JT Ginn with the understanding that they may have to pull him pretty quick and put Keegan James out on the mound like they did on Sunday. That wouldn't surprise me in the least. So it'll be, like I said, that's what you're going to want to watch this weekend as the Bulldogs on Wednesday as the Bulldogs get ready to take on South Alabama and prepare for Alabama on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday for Super Bulldog weekend. Now, one other thing I want to talk about before we go and sign off is obviously Jake Mangum was kind of the story of the weekend. He took the he became the all-time hits leader at Mississippi State. He now has more hits than any other Mississippi State Bulldog in his career. Really, you know, there, there's not a whole lot to be else that you can say about uh, about JT Ginn. I mean, I'm sorry about Jake Mangum. The guy is just a gamer. He loves being a bulldog. He has thrived being a bulldog. And what's interesting is because, you know, he had Alabama ties. He had Ole Miss ties. It wasn't just a guaranteed that he was going to be a bulldog. And he, because he had ties to other universities, and the fact that he has really just embraced being a bulldog and this SEC hits, I'm sorry, the Mississippi State hits record, meaning so much to him, is a little bit of a surprise to a lot of people, just because, like I said, he wasn't, it wasn't like he was ingrained as a Mississippi State bulldog throughout his family. It's he's he had ties to other universities, so it's really been fun to watch him just embrace Mississippi State and to become this, you know legend that he is i mean he's i put out a twitter a tweet on uh friday after he broke the record you know he's a top five bulldog right Uh, because you know in my eyes he is but i just wasn't sure if that's why everybody else viewed him and i didn't have a single person tell me no he's not in the top five i mean he might be the third best bulldog ever right behind rafael palmero and will clark he might be he might be number three so like I said, it's been fun to watch, and you know it's really, really interesting. He didn't, he wasn't like this, just incredibly highly recruited kid coming out of high school. He had talent, there was no question about that. Uh, I remember before the 2016 season when I was writing previews uh, for Marino White Nation at the time. Was, I think it was Marino White Nation at the, who I was writing for back then. No, 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 yeah. Yeah, it was Marino White Nation that I was writing for back then. Uh, when I was writing previews for MWN back then, uh, I was doing some previews, and, you know, I did, when I did pitcher previews, when I did hit uh, outfield previews, I was going by what, you know, what D1 Baseball was saying in terms of who they expected to uh, to contribute, what Baseball America was talking about. Jake Mangum was never listed. Jake Mangum's name never popped up. And there was always this one guy on Twitter who would always be, why didn't you say anything about Jake Mangum? Why didn't you say anything about Jake Mangum? Nobody was talking about him. Absolutely nobody was talking about him. And it took Jake Mangum a while, if if you don't don't remember, during that 2016 season to become the guy that he is now. He started the very first game of 2016, but he he didn't get a ton of playing time in the non-conference portion of the schedule. His playing time took off in 
the very first SEC series of the year in 2016 when they were playing Vanderbilt, and he had a couple of good at-bats. He made a couple of really nice plays in terms of base running. And John Cohen rewarded him with in the second game of the year with a start, and from that point on, he just absolutely took off and just tore up SEC pitching. And it's, you know, the, the rest is history. So, like I said, it wasn't he wasn't expected to be what he has become. And to see that him him just completely blossom and turn into what he has has been just really something to watch and it's something that you don't see every single day. So it'll be it'll be stink to see him go after this year because, like I said, it's, he's been one of the most fun bulldogs to ever watch on any field or any court or whatsoever. So, uh, but enjoy him while you can because we've got six more SEC series with him. And hopefully, you know, Mr. State can still find a way to get to to Omaha and cap off his career with another another really strong postseason run so all right guys i'm gonna go ahead and sign off there like i said if you want to be interested in the hat giveaway that we got going on it is a i'll get some pictures up on twitter and facebook on monday uh but those the hats are cherokee valley hats they are maroon trimmed they're uh, mississippi state themed uh so they're really good hats i've got one myself and my son has one so if you're interested in that make sure you're following both the facebook account and the twitter account for Starkville state of mind but for now, let me go ahead and sign off, and we will preview the Alabama series and Super Bowl Dog Weekend a little bit. We'll talk football, too, then as well. So uh, we'll look at that on Friday show. But until then, until next time, as always, no fate.